You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you all for tuning in today. And if you are a uh, first time listener, um, thank you all for uh, for being a part, connecting, uh, following whatever link someone f- sent over to you. And if you are a recurring listener, what would you call the connoisseurs? Welcome back. We know that you all enjoy uh, fine content and things to enhance your life. So after all the pleasantries, we are in the middle of our Morehouse Men series, and um, we we concluded, or uh, we we had our um, first episode with Mr. Clark Jones, who waxed eloquently on um, on the mic. But we're just going down the roster of everybody that hung with at Morehouse, and uh, this is going to be another awesome um, another awesome uh, interview that we have going on here. So, uh, without further ado, I have Mr. Will Miles. Will, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Thanks, French. Yep. You know, I feel good. All <laughs> things are all things are fine in Gentry. <laughs> They're exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And and Will is is munching on a turkey burger because you know <laughs> he is two hours behind me here, and we're in the middle of lunchtime on the West Coast. So he was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna cook up a little turkey burger because you know he's he, he's healthy. He's not he's not even doing a you know a, a red meat burger. He's just turkey. No burger. red meat. No red meat. We're done with red meat. See, Cali. You just this this is what happens. You move from Chicago to Cali, and you just give up on your Midwestern roots. <laughs> Really, you know, you get health insurance for one of the first times and you, and you go to a doctor and they're like, you got to not eat shit like that. It's like, all right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I never looked at it that way. Right. <laughs> well, you're a doctor and I trust you. Got it. All right. So, Will, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where are you from, um, where are you at now and, and, you know, what you do. And obviously we're going to dig into a lot more of it, but just kind of high level. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Will Miles from the north side of Chicago. I know we're going to show called South Side, but I am originally from the north side i just went to a high school that was a magnet school so all of us whitney young magnet school great high school met clark jones there he's your previous guest but uh yeah all, all pretty much all of my friends in high school were from the south side so i just kept going on the south side and then uh you know that that became just part of my life uh but yes i was uh born and raised in chicago inside the city no suburbs here. I'm a I'm a city boy, you know. <laughs> I feel like that probably came up with Clark. <laughs> right, he did. Yes, exactly. We had a lot of uh, Morehouse with a lot of kids who would be like, "Oh, I'm from Chicago. Oh, where? Where from? Uh, Joliet, right? Creek Money. Like, Egan. Oh, okay, so you're not from Chicago. Cool. <laughs> Waukegan. Wait a minute. That's yeah, not even yeah. in the state. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Gary, Indiana. Okay. I mean, it's still tough, but you're not from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh and then uh now i live in la but a long journey of uh of starting comedy i mean i, I knew i wanted to do comedy in, in college especially clark had this event called um wild of black women and i was a fill-in guest mm. and it was one of the first times it was over at spellman i think it was in um what's their hall the uh, hall where they had all the manly all the stuff not manly Ma- i might have been no it was um oh maybe it was was it was it Cosby? Maybe we're not supposed to say. 
<laughs> Never mind where it was at a center named after somebody who's uh, the wife, somebody we don't talk about anymore. But yeah, <laughs> 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 I think it was there, and that was like really. I, I saw Chappelle special in 2000 before we started school, and mm. it was in my mind that I wanted to do comedy. But then, really, at that event, I was just making everyone laugh, and I was like, I don't even know, like, this is great. Like, I don't even know. I could do this, but, making but, everyone laugh like that. Which is weird, right? I mean, well, yeah. for, for me, because like, I mean, ever since I've known you since Morehouse, we're kind of get to how you got to Morehouse, but ever since I've known you, you've been full of jokes, right? And not like, yeah. you know, hey, we're just laughing at Will, but like, like you're a hilarious dude. So uh, that that is very interesting that you didn't really kind of have that mindset. So so I wanted to kind of back this up a little bit. So yeah, yeah. how did you end up at Morehouse? I know you're multi-generational, but how did you... How'd you end up there? Did you know that you were going there or was it kind of like a, oh, I guess I'll check it out and lo and behold, here I am. It was kind of one of those things where I always knew I'd go there because it was kind of uh, instilling this as kid that mm. me and my brother were going to end up going to Morehouse. Okay. Because my, my dad was the first one in our family to go to Morehouse and he was just so excited about it. He was like, you know, this is uh, this experience changed my life. And so I want that for you guys as well, especially raising two young black men. I think it'd be a good experience for you. Yeah. True. I mean, there was a lot of like relation to um, the show Blackish. Yeah, makes more sense. As, as kids, we used to get compared to the Huxtables a lot, but mm. even back then, my granddad always hated Bill Cosby. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he just like knew ahead of everyone else. He's like, no, that yeah. guy sucks. Yeah, more we were always like, yo, you can't say that, man. That's like a revered black dude. You can't say that in public. But now he, everybody looked back like your granddad was absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 you, time, so you think that you all were yeah. more like family from Blackish? Huh? Yeah, we were more because I, I remember that episode where like the dad on Blackish made the kids uh, go to back to like his old area, and my dad would always take us to places where he spent growing up. Like, like uh, we would go to Harlem. A lot of his family from Harlem, mm. and Bronx, so we would go there a lot and like stay in places that some people would consider the you know the projects. And so, for that reason, I feel like he was more intent on making sure we were well rounded young black men because we were growing up in such a different environment you yeah. know on the north side yeah and he was like i'm gonna make sure y'all ain't like some lames <laughs> <laughs> so that was part of his experience was morehouse in, in terms of like making sure we were well-rounded individuals and my mom was on board with that too she agreed and you know she uh liked what it did for my dad and everything so 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 they, they kind of told us ahead of yeah, time yeah. we were going to go there so yeah. <clears throat> did you did you visit prior to i mean like you said so your, your brother went he's you know a few years ahead of you so when did you I would say first get exposed to Morehouse and then probably internalizing yourself. Like, you know what? This isn't just what my dad is saying, but this is something yeah. that I'm interested in. Yeah, I would say, well, 95 was the first time I went down there, I think. Yeah. To visit my brother when we took him down to school. Mm. Uh, he started in 95. And so I went down there and I was like, this is a hell of an experience. I was like, this is dope. Like, <laughs> it was a good year, like, good year for music because everybody's playing Raekwon, the purple tape. <laughs> and I was, uh, so when we got down there, I'm like, wait, this many people are listening to the new Raekwon? Like, that's what we listen to. <laughs> <laughs> so that caught me off guard at first. I was like, oh, dope. Like, you know, everyone at home listens to like Psychodrama and Twisted and everybody do or die, which I like. But I'm like, I, I like Wu-Tang a little bit more. So I was really drawn to that initially. And I was like, oh, well, this is like a bunch of like-minded people. And then I started to see everybody was different. I was like, oh, cool. Maybe like this is a good place to just be, yeah. which is uh, when I went down there and it, like uh, that first year, I was definitely like, this is a place where I could just be, you know, we, we all met up 
all of our friend group and I was like, oh yeah, this is like a bunch of people like me, but amongst everyone else who looks like us, it's a it's a cool vibe to go to an HBCU for that reason. I feel like you can feel more like yourself than you ever would before. Mm. That, so so I've, I've heard that often, um, even, you know, talking to people, not even just on the podcast here, but in general, that people felt that going down to Morehouse, that you had this ability to to be right. There wasn't um, some expectation or something put on you that you had to be something else. Is that something that you felt as well that you kind of could could be Will or even discover more of who Will is? Yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, I, uh, you know, I went to my my middle, my what is it, elementary school. We go K through eight in Chicago. That school was mostly white, and then mm-hmm. the the kids that uh, I was in the middle program basically. So it was like this Ivy program that was majority white kids, and then there was a something they called the American program, which is very telling about how bad the school system. <laughs> you know, it's fucked up name. <laughs> American program was all the black kids and they were like mostly from Cabrini Green or just from the area. And I was a kid who like got lucky to go there because I was not from the district. So I got like had to be driven. I would have been busted every day, that kind of kid. Yeah. So I went there and uh, the the gifted program, which was the middle program, was like super weird to me because I was like, okay, so I could see the black kids in the other class. Why am I not with them? Wow. And then I could see like the kids in the in the, the IB program, and I was like, I don't want to be with them. <laughs> like, you know, like, they're working way too hard, and we're only like sixth grade. I'm, I don't even see the point of that. <laughs> so, but I was like, I, it definitely took note. I was, took note of like who I was in that class. It's not fun to be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm the short black kid in this class, mm. and that's kind of my identity. And so then going to Whitney Young, we had a lot more black kids. It's it's majority black, but it's not all black. Right. So that high school experience was really cool. I was like, oh great, I feel like some connection to my culture at this school more so than I did at the last school. And so I was like, this is, this is fun. Like I really like the high school experience changed my life for sure. Mm -hmm. I know that's rare for people, but I I really loved high school. And then going into college, I was like, well, this is just an extension of, uh, this is more of what I wanted from my previous experiences Mm -hmm. where I could just get a sense of who I actually was instead of trying to fit into whatever genre they were trying to put me in or whatever box people were trying to put me in. There's no other sense of that until you're like around all black people and you're like, great. I'm not black. Like black is not an identity yeah. when you're around all black people. Yeah. So this is not just who I am. I'm, I'm who am I besides just being the black dude? Which is which is interesting, right? So, you know, I'm from D.C. and, you know, back in the day, they used to call it chocolate city. So I grew up around yeah. blackness. Right. Um, yeah. And my dad's from Indianapolis. So we used to go back to Indianapolis and, you know, all black people. I could just, you know, the experience was just black, but it wasn't, I would say monolithic, but it was, I would call it DC black people. Right. But then coming yeah, down yeah. to, coming down to Atlanta for Morehouse, you know, I, I think it was the first time that I was like, man, there's diversity in us. Right. There's yeah, diversity yeah, in black people that, you know, a Chicago person has a different experience than a DC person, than an LA person, than a Houston person, than somebody that may be from Nebraska. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, all of yeah. these types of things. I mean, it was people from Omaha. Like, you're like, no, no, black yeah. people from Omaha. Like, oh, exactly. Nah, and that dude oh, pretty. They go here. He pretty hard. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, damn, what's Omaha like? Now, like? <laughs> <laughs> and like, we had Trinidad, we had Africa, we had like all these different people from like black from all over the world too. So it was another, even another level of it where you're like, oh, okay, shit, I didn't even know Sweden had black folks. But. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's that's pretty cool. So we we get down to Morehouse and it just so happens that um, you are next door to me in our uh, in our dorm. Uh, and you know, you and one of your friends from, from high school, he's asked that I do not mention his name so that oh, really? uh, those, yeah, because he don't want other people who might listen to the podcast. know. uh, we'll talk yeah, about that. Fine. We'll talk about that offline, yeah, but, <laughs> but I know, I know he listens to this podcast. He a punk. For okay, that. Good, yeah. I'll just say it like that. What up? What up, man? What up? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was very interesting, right? Because I mean, on our, on our hall, on our floor, it was, I mean, y'all were next door down the, um, you know, about 10 doors down, you had you and Lee, um, yeah. you know, a, a different group of cats, you know, South side, but you know, South suburbs folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we all just kind of, you know, connected, obviously Clark was there, you know, a bunch of other people that people will, will learn out about here. And so <clears throat> one thing I'm asking everybody is what, what was it like <laughs> that first week, right? Or that first time that you were down there where you weren't a spectator anymore, you were participant in this, you know, when did it hit you? I would say that boom, like I'm at Morehouse, right? And like yeah. the expectation for me is a little bit different than what I saw on the brochure or on the college tour, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been that first Crown Forum or something. Mm -hmm. Like definitely moving into the dorms was cool because we all felt like this sense of like, oh man, this is about to be an adventure. Kind yeah. of like we're all coming from all these different parts of the country. Some of us know each other. Like my cousin was on the fourth floor who I'd known since childhood. Yep black play cousin whatever but still like might as well be family kind of thing yep and so i was like all right yeah well this is like an experience so but all of our parents were still there so it was like <laughs> we couldn't even get to who we really were really <laughs> so <laughs> then like i don't know some, like i feel like we had crown form when parents were still there because i think they went to the yeah, first one yeah the first one yeah the parting ceremony or whatever right right let your kids go kind of thing so then uh it was really after that that I was like Crown Forum. You got to see all types of family members, all types of everything. It was cool seeing like you know what, just every every type of black family in the in the country, and then uh, in the world, honestly. But then, well, they actually most of the international kids didn't have their parents come. <laughs> 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 but like then heading back to that first dorm, I remember, and then like when our parents were gone, and then we all kind of just I don't know how we all even linked up, but basically. The 10 of us especially linked up, you know, yep. right away and then immediately became friends and just kind of talked. And, you know, me and my uh, my play cousin even figuring out like, oh, wait, you smoke weed? Like, I just started smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> and being like, well, now this is going to be trouble. So right. the well, this was awkward. Maybe the greatest well, thing ever, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so that first day and then realizing like, you know we all were going to drink that night and being like, damn, who, who all can not throw up kind of thing. Yeah. Like, right. like, I, like, we're, we're good. Like we're a good group already. Like first stop. And so that was like when it all hit, like, Oh, this is about to be like a really dope fun time with all these people who I'm, I've already connected with. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So <clears throat> one of my first memories with you, I mean, it was plenty, but uh, it was a market Friday. And for those that are, are listening, Market Friday, uh, Spelman College, which is next door, an all girls school, uh, female uh, HBCU. <clears throat> and so they would have Market Friday where they have vendors come over and um, they actually open up the doors, open up the gates so that men can actually uh, grace their campus and uh, look at the creation that God has made. And so um, 
<laughs> one way to describe it. one way to describe it, right? <laughs> trying to trying to give a description for those that might not understand. Uh, so you know, we're walking, and it's it's the ten of us. And I don't know, probably eight, you know, with some stragglers because people had to get dressed up and everything for Market Friday. But <laughs> so we're walking through, and then like you're like high fiving people, and then I'm like, I know this person, and you're over here hugging up, you know, Keisha and I pull them. AKA Rudy, oh, yeah, yeah. AKA Rudy Huxable. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how do you know her? All right. I mean, it was just, it was just like, I mean, literally, I still got the pictures from it. Matter of fact, I might put it on the post here, but. That's um, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, from there, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm amongst royalty. So, like, <laughs> how, number one, how did you know her? And then, you know, how was that connection kind of? kind of formed and especially juxtaposition of you saying that you didn't know you were going to get into comedy until you got to Morehouse. So kind of how yeah. all of that came in together in regards to entertainment and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. My brother uh, has always been an actor. And so he, uh, he was just, I was always the, the shyer younger brother mm. of uh, the, the actor. And so I just went around most of my, my life like that. And, you know, when we were kids, it was always like, he's going to act and I'm going to write that. That was what our plan was the whole time. Mm. Even though I was like six, I was like, I don't know. By the, by the time I got to eight, I was already writing short stories in my in like like a journal, mm. and I would write these detective stories, and I'd be like, yeah, this is uh, just what I like doing. And then I was drawing at the same time, but I would always go back and write a detective story, and that was just kind of where we were. And uh, so I would go go with him to different stuff. Like he, he was in this after school special called uh, Looking It Back to School, and mm. I, we as a family went and. Uh, Dougie Doug was in it, and so it was like Dougie Doug and my brother were playing. Dougie Doug was like his uh, his over the shoulder uh, guardian angel, mm. teaching him how to. Go. He played Todd freshman, and they were going through through like the freshman year of school mm. together. And he, Dougie Doug was like giving him advice on how to deal with different things that would go on. It was it was like, <laughs> at the time we were like, this is amazing, like it's a star. Uh, and, and i got to do a little like you know we'll be back after these messages because our our play on kind of like uh she worked at at the network at the time at nbc mm. and so she kind of helped get him in front of the casting agents and the casting agents hired him nice but uh but it was that was so that's where i was and so he went to college as an inter- international business major which he would like very soon after decide was not his his move mm-hmm and so then he just went back to what he loved to do and he pursued acting. So most of his classes were at Selman and he went to school with Keisha mm. at the time. And so because he was like a, uh, he was good, you know, so they all knew who he was. So I remember his like graduation party or something. Keisha was there as well. And, and uh, you know, I'm the son of a politician, so I have a lot of, uh, I can sort of fake it a little bit more than <laughs> I need to. So, so it's like we had a small connection, but I made it seem bigger. <laughs> Even even to her, I did this with once with like not to brag, but with Kid Cudi, I was at a uh, Chance's first show in New York when he was like coming up as a rapper mm-hmm. with uh, our our buddy Hannibal, who's kind of looked after me and Clark when we first started out. And so <laughs> we're there, and I just see Kid Cudi, and I just like start chatting it up like we've known each other for years. And I do this a lot, and people don't even they don't even think about it once you're chatting them up for some reason. So you're just like, yeah, no, what's up, man? How you been? Like. Just, have a regular conversation and i think that's what i did with keisha too where i was like yeah yeah, hey yeah my brother uh james you know you, you guys are acting together so anyway how you been like that kind of thing 
So it definitely looked like I knew her more than I actually did. It was just like, well, you you impress everyone around us. We were like, yeah. who is this dude? Because I'm sure we were just drinking and smoking just like an hour ago. So <laughs> who is this guy? But how is he friends with uh, Rudy? <laughs> exactly yeah. right. So I mean, if, if those that are hearing right, you you hear Will right? He's he's chill. He's you know not overly pretentious. And here's the reason I'm, I'm you know labeling this humble in Hollywood. Um, it, so that's one of the things I've always admired about you, right? You've, you've never, you know, flaunted your, um, your pedigree, if I will call it that. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, you've not, never been like, I mean, cause there's a lot of cats, right. Especially at Morehouse that come <laughs> like, Hey, you know, my dad is a federal judge or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my, my dad or mom is this, the Senator, this, or representative yeah, invented this or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. And, and I mean, I mean, Kudos, right? Because we, we, you're amongst all of these people that are experienced and seasoned, et cetera. But you've always just kind of been chill. Like even just say, hey, I'm a son of a politician, you just kept moving, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where do you where do you believe that humility has come from in terms of just you being will? For me, it's always that's just you. Like you're just chill, relaxed. You're not not that you're not serious about your craft and about your business, but you just kind of always been that way. Where do you think yeah. that's, that's come from? I think that's my parents and my brother mm. specifically just watching how they move. And, uh, I think it's always been important to, especially both my, Oh, that's my dog. Both my parents and, uh, and my brother that, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're all just doing job. Mm. So no matter what the job is, it's like, well, yeah, you gotta be, gotta be really good at your job. Make sure it's what you want to do. So even, and I, I've, come to find out mostly in adulthood that this is not normal that a parent would even you know be like this supportive mm. of a, somebody in a creative field because i think most most people who aren't in creative fields have more trouble viewing that as a job but it is yeah you know it's a job so it's like the same way that everybody works and they work hard and get promoted i'm like yeah that's kind of how i view comedy and writing it's not like uh Celebrity comes from some of this stuff, especially music and especially the acting stuff. But, right. But, you know, music is a job, too. I don't do it, but I, I admire it. Yeah, that's good. And uh, the same as of act, it was true of, like, writing. It's like, yeah, I got to just make sure I keep practicing writing so I get better and then eventually get good. Same with stand-up. It was, I didn't expect anything early because I was like, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but it, it is hard to, like, come up under, <laughs> under, like, somebody like Hannibal, I will say, and be like, because I, I watched all of us go through these different emotions and you're like, wait, should I actually deserve this thing? Or am I just coming up next to somebody who's like next level? Wow. <laughs> in terms of That's how good. they. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> really, it, really and it is that you're like, yeah, because it is. I've seen people, you know, be around people who are famous and be like, well, I guess I'm next up to be famous. And it's like, no, no, that person's famous. You're. <laughs> You're just pretty good. Right? <laughs> the, the sooner you accept that, the better things will be. <laughs> and it was that that was what I accepted very early on. I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm pretty good at stand up. I can I'm a better writer. I need to work on my uh how I talk on stage mm. and get it get it closer. That's the thing about me. I'm I'm shy unless I'm around my close friends. So yeah. you guys became close friends early, so that's probably why you know, it was just like, you were like, you know, you were funny early on. It's like, yeah, because I was close to you guys. But then strangers, I'm like, I don't know what I'm... So, mm -hmm. like, the, the the experience at Clark's Forum was more of me being like, oh, wow, I'm kind of just talking how I would against, you know, our CNS group. But yeah. at the same time, I'm, I'm like, this is how I, how 
I'm comfortable probably because Clark is here and I'm looking out in the crowd and seeing other like people like yeah. Glenn, I think was there and like mm-hmm. maybe you were there. And, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, was, that was so- sophomore year when he was uh, doing yeah. running for, I don't know, the president or whatever. I can remember the sophomore <laughs> yeah. court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that, that, that made me comfortable. I was able to see you guys out there and, and also just like Clark was leading it. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm just joking with you guys now. And everyone else happens to be laughing. But it did click something in my brain. Where I was like, okay, but like everyone else is laughing. So mm. it kind of started in high school when I was at the lunch table and I made three people at the at my end of the lunch table laugh all the time. And they and they would be like, are you guys listening to Will? Like he's making me crack up. <laughs> <laughs> but then it would be like, you know, we try to retell the thing that organically happened. And it would be less funny. But that 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 event was where I first was like, oh, I could probably make a bunch of people laugh if I just make sure everyone can hear me so 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 let's let's so what did you study when you went to morehouse right what were, i guess what was your your thought were you english major just going to be a writer or you know after that, that sophomore year experience you're like oh i need to i need to flip this up again yeah it was uh so i went in as an art major mm, okay and then that that sophomore year experience helped me realize i wanted to go back and like you know i realized you know i've been a writer this whole time why don't i do the closest major to writing that i can find at school and so that was when i switched to english because i was like you know it was also thinking practically like if it doesn't work out i would also like to go into education nice and i would i would only like to teach english or or, uh, something narrative related nice so like let me get that english degree just because it covers all bases and then i can take these electives over at spelman which is (laughs) Great, great for a number of reasons. <laughs> the only, the only guy in my screenwriting class, which is amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, I, I did physics over there. It's like, what are you doing physics at Spelman? I mean, because you know, they have excellent teachers. Excellent, excellent <laughs> teachers. <laughs> it was also funny because, like, you know, it's become my career, so there must have been some talent there in the first place. So I was like also top in the screenwriting class mm. in a class full of. 20 year old black woman, I was like, this is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Not only is the teacher constantly telling everyone I'm good, but so I don't have like, I don't have to worry about an intro, but also it's like, (laughs) great, I can like just be be myself around these 20 black women who are fine, you know? (laughs) Exactly right. It was was an amazing experience. So, yeah, yeah. And now you have a daughter and you're like, you will not go to Spelman. Here's what I do like about Spelman. That gate keeps those boys out. Exactly. So no. <laughs> the gate and the rubber bullets. They're going to get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So so you switch over to ARP. So what do you do after you graduate, right? Do you say, okay, I, you know, call your brother up and say, hey, I want to get into writing? Or or what what do you do uh, um, after Morehouse? Yeah, I did call him up just to talk about entertainment. But he had, uh, at that point, he was in New York. And it was it's hard to like give advice when you're still focused on on the come up in yeah. New York. And yeah. so he was still early in his, uh, his come up. he was on like law and order, but he was still trying to get like a bunch of other roles. Mm. And he didn't, uh, you know, at that point he was not fully into writing in the way he is, he is now. Mm. So he didn't have much in terms of like, what's the next step. But we talked about what, well, uh, cause I'd watched this Chris Farley special. And so I kind of talked with him and actually my whole family about going to improv Olympic in Chicago when okay. I got out of school. So, once I finally got out of school after some extra time, I uh, I, <laughs> I went straight to uh, Improv Olympic in Chicago and started taking improv classes there. Because I was like, this will help me like get comfortable on stage for a number, like for one. And then it also is just good to have that skill of improv when you 
I didn't know, but I was like, this will help. Yeah. You get your first, your first thoughts out, which is good for writing anyway. And so I started there and then they were like, uh, I think you want to do stand up. And I was like, yeah, I do. So, <laughs> so I went through like four levels there and then they were like, if you want to do stand up, you should just go do stand up. That's kind of the only way to do it. Mm. And that, that advice from a teacher named Joe Bill <clears throat> over at Improv Olympic really helped start everything else where I was like, all right, just do it. Then I guess I'll just do it. Yeah. All right. So, so you, you just did it. And then as, as a Morehouse man shall, you did it well, <laughs> right? <And> so, <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, Will's humble here, but I mean, can we, can we talk about some of your, your credits? I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, so let's talk about what you've written on, you know, yeah. Grownish, so Southside, right? right? What, what have you, t- tell us a little bit. Grown-ish. About yeah. Well, I started at Chris Gethard's show in New York. Uh, then I wrote on a failed MTV pilot, <laughs> a failed Comedy Central pilot, uh, <laughs> some other failed pilot, I forget for what network, and then like a few other different little one-day things for these. That, that, in 2016, everything, everybody was trying to start a streaming network, so I worked on like basically every streaming network doing mm. something. Did some comedy on some of those too on, on CISO, and uh, me and Clark were both on this show called Night Train on CISO. Uh, early on, Clark was on season one. I was on season two. I think it's on Stars now. You can watch it. But oh, I will. <laughs> we all did that, and then, uh, and then I worked on. I moved to LA to write on Southside. Then I wrote on All That. And I wrote on Sherman Showcase. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote on. They tried to do a reboot. Of all That, where it was not the original, yeah. obviously. But uh, <laughs> Benjamin, I'm not, I'm not fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I wrote on. That's a grown Southside. Showcase all that, and there's another one in there. Uh, well, then I wrote on another failed <laughs> something, and then I some FX thing, and then some Netflix thing. So, that, you know, so, so, what, how, how, how has that been? That was good. Yeah, so how has that been? Right. right. I mean, I mean, it, what I love that you juxtapose all of the the failed ones in there with the successful yeah. ones, right? Because I think a lot of people, even young people, kind of look at them like, oh man, I'm going to move to LA. And I'm not going to be a starving artist, right? Or I'm going to be in New York yeah. and I'm just going to do it. But I mean, how did you navigate the failure to be able to still grind and achieve the success that you have? I don't know. That one's still hard to figure out why I'm okay with, uh, with failure. But I think that is also what my parents kind of instilled because they, they never let me uh, fail and kind of lament about the failure. Mm-hmm. It would always be like, you know, if I got a C in class, you're like, well, how are you going to get an A next time? And it's like, all right, so I don't even, you know, I, it, some people would say it's unhealthy to not <laughs> not acknowledge and be sad. But it's like, sometimes it's like, I don't really have time to be sad. I'd rather, you know, get the get the win, yeah. however long that takes, you know, I, I, like the, the failure is just a step into the win. That's what's up. But that, that's I was just good. more like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it all takes steps and it's all, it takes years. And I know it, uh, it seems like some people get success early, but it is like maybe they had some shit that went happen to them that I just didn't know about. Mm. So try to I try to look at it from that perspective and be like, what if I, well, clearly I didn't work hard enough, so I have to work harder. That's real. If, if something didn't happen. So, you know, that thing failed because it wasn't the right time or it just wasn't what was supposed to happen at the moment. And it's like, I, I'm not worried about it because it's still you know, you still get paid for a failed pilot. So. Yeah, that still puts food on the table, so you still work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't have a family, so I was like, all right, this is splurge money. <laughs> <laughs> and 
now <laughs> it's baby food. So yes, yes. <laughs> now I'm like, uh, <laughs> I can't believe that thing can go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out of the window. But uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you, no, what, it, was, it was interesting. Yeah. Just because um, I travel a lot and back and yeah. forth between LA and things like that. So I was on a red eye one time back from LA to Dallas, and because I travel a lot, I get upgraded often. And yeah. uh, um, I'm sitting next to uh, Anthony Anderson. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, and I, I'm looking at him like, because I don't really watch TV that much. I know that's blasphemy to you, but I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really watch TV that much. And I'm sitting here like, I know this dude. Like, he looks extremely familiar. Literally, where we're sitting next to each other. And I'm like, eh, I don't know who it is. So I'm just, you know, going about my business. And you know, we had dinner and, um, you know, we chatted up just a little bit. And then I'm like, this dude is Anthony Anderson. But yeah, I say nothing yeah. to him, you know, because I've run into so many people that's in airports and stuff like that. But then that made me think about, like, oh man, I mean, you're right, knowing, you know, the, this, the I don't know, I don't know, what do you call it, a spinoff, the spin spinoff yeah. of of, of Blackish and Grown. So I was like, man, but I didn't want to name drop, like, oh yeah, you know, I know, <laughs> you know, Bill Miles, yeah. But um, so <laughs> he would have been like, hell no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so let's talk about the Comedy Central half hour. Like that's big. Yeah. And yeah. um. Like big, big, <laughs> and so, uh, what was that like as far as one prepping for it, or even, I mean, what was it like even being, I guess, asked or invited to to do it, and again, from your humility to be able to say, "Man, like this is big." Did you accept that? Did you receive it? Like, you know, man, this is a blessing, yeah. and yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah, that one, uh, that was big because that's the only stand up goal I really had. I had goal. My only goal was like uh, a special kind of, yeah. like you know, yeah. All I wanted was a special. A lot of people go into it wanting late night spots if they're like really good joke writers. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm more of a storyteller. I think I would rather a full special to get these stories out. And so I was like, uh, that was kind of my plan. Even though I didn't say it, it was my plan from early on. I was like, I, I don't want to do anything other than like a special. Nice. I'll do. I want to do a half hour, and I want to do an hour eventually. Nice. And so when I uh, first step to that was when I went to host the half hours for every, all the special takings and yeah. pretty much every special taping, there's somebody who does warm up and does like maybe 15 minutes up top just to get the crowd ready for, for comedy. Yeah. I think there's a few comedians who don't do warm up comedians for their specials, but most of them do. And so I, uh, I was that the year before Nice for the, the comedy specials. And so I got to be on the stage and, but not with any of the worry <laughs> of like, you know, they're filming me. Like, That's real. Yeah. Like, but they did film my 15 minutes beforehand. And that's sort of what led to the special was they were filming all of my sets before just to, as like proof that I could do nice. the set in front of, uh, in front of everybody like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, that's the only path I think I could have done to get the half hour is to prove myself by doing the warm up first. So I'm so grateful that I got to do that route. Uh, but at, even at the warm up when I was doing the hosting jobs, I was like, this is like, this feels right because yeah. you know, I think at that point I was like, ten years in I was. I was ten years in when I did that, and so I was like, this feels correct. Like nice. I'm ten years in, I'm up here on the stage. They're not filming me yet, but now I can actually see myself doing this yeah. in a way that I couldn't before. So from that moment on, it was pretty much like, all right, I'm ready to. When I get this chance, I'm gonna really make sure I rock it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, you 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 even called out Morehouse on there, which was awesome for yeah. <laughs> the collective we on that piece. But it was yeah. just, it, it's it's awesome to 
to hear your your stories and even just not even just the you know the Comedy Central half hour, but your other stand ups and stuff like that. It's like, man, I've lived those experiences. We will. That is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember when that happened. That is awesome. So, and I wanted it to be a snapshot in time because I knew I didn't know what was going to happen mm. after that special. But you know, after the special, I had a lot of life changes. You know, like I'm married with a kid after that. You know, I lost lost friends. Yeah, had friends lose their parents. It was really sad. Yeah, that I was around. I had just like a bunch of stuff happen where I felt like I was around a lot of growth slash death slash like just a bunch of sickness and like just a lot of very sad things so i'm glad i got that snapshot in before any of that happened because then whatever i come out with next is going to reflect where i'm at now that's good that's and good. back then i was just a, just only a pothead so <laughs> <laughs> i was like let me give you guys an example I'm, I'm a pothead first and foremost and here's where i went to college and here's my life experience that's awesome uh, yeah but now it'll be like more well formed i think and like yeah, just good to have that out there and be like, yeah, that was young me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So I got two, two more questions here. Um, you kind of talked about successes and failures. Um, <clears throat> what have been some of your most, you know, entertaining or fun, you know, uh, experience in this sphere of entertainment? You know, be be it in, on the stage or behind the screen, et cetera, or in what have been some of your most disappointing if you just kind of think about like, Hey, what, what are the peaks and valleys that, that you kind of look at? I can go straight to the most disappointing at first, which is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause I, I try to not, you know, live in regret, but yeah. there's this one, one job I really wanted was working with the NBA on this thing that was mm. going to pay really well. It was supposed to be my first big paycheck. I couldn't believe it was going to happen kind of thing. And it was one of those things where it was down to me and one other person. Mm. And it was the other person was a comedian I really respect. I was like, oh, man, he's going to get it. He's already been on TV a bunch. Because yeah. this is before my special, before anything. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to get it. And then when they finally picked me, I was like, whoa, first of all, I'm set I'm set for the year. <laughs> based on this paycheck, based on what I had made before that, you know, <laughs> every year before that, I was like happy to bring in 30000 a year, <laughs> which is, I think, still considered uh poverty honestly i don't know <laughs> it, it felt like poverty when i was couldn't pay for anything so <laughs> and i you know i had this small ass bedroom with four roommates but so this one was a big deal and then it was it was nba i love basketball yeah. i grew up on the nba uh so i was just excited for that and when that thing didn't happen i was very uh mm. just disappointed in how it played out and it was one of those things where you learn immediately like don't get too excited about anything this in this business because mm. <laughs> It might just go away and you'll have no idea why or it won't even reflect anything you've done. It's just like it'll just go away and you'll be sad. So that's probably the most disappointing thing good. Uh, in the business, aside from just like not getting jobs and whatnot. But just the, the way it was set up, it was such an exciting job just to lose it. felt, felt horrible. Mm, that's good. And then the, the fun parts of all it's been a lot. I mean, the move to L.A. was really wild because you realize how much goes on before people know anyone's name. That's real. That's good. Yeah. So I just feel like there was so much I did already where I was like, this is unbelievable. Like the, <laughs> I've been to two different famous black celebrities houses to help write their, uh, to help write stuff with them. Yeah. Where it's just like, you just get hired randomly. It's a random phone call or random text. It's like, Hey, can you come to this person's house? They're, they're working on something and they want you, they need some help. And we, we pitched your name and they liked it. I was like, what? <laughs> <All right. laughs> so those experiences are mind blowing. Or like we, uh, so when Southside got really popular over, over uh, 
like this past few months. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden there's a text from Chance the Rapper and he's like, we all got to hang out. That's what's all this stuff's like, you're like, what? This is cool. All right. <laughs> this is a cool part of life. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I didn't see this coming. Or like, you know, you'll get followed by like, Rap, all, all the rappers will hit me up a lot now and it's like that's cool like, i didn't i didn't know that was gonna start happening <laughs> that's what's up <laughs> yeah and it's for writing too which i'm like great that's the thing i think i'm best at right now so that is cool that's awesome yeah. all right so what's next for will miles right you're a successful comedian writer director husband dad now what i mean we are we going to be invited to uh the academy awards what's going on what's what's, what's the Let's next so, what's man. the next milestone for you that you want to achieve uh Honestly, the next milestone. Or or do you not put it out there from an entertainment perspective? You just keep it on the wraps. <clears throat> I mean, I don't get I think there needs to be a story told about an HBCU. That's good. And I think uh I think me and Clark are gonna be the ones to write it. That's awesome. And I think that uh I think it's in motion and I think it will happen soon. Well. And so that that's the thing I'll say right now that I think is next. All right. My wife and I have some projects we're working on too. That's awesome. And uh Stuff about relationships that needs to be told, but yeah, based on this meeting I just had this week and like just how I'm feeling right now, I got on the phone with Clark yesterday. I do think that this HBCU experience needs to be more well known because otherwise people will, you know, everybody has these preconceived notions of what the uh, experience is like, and it's like, well, you're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, actually that... very enriched and like very different world was great. Right. I mean, you think about it though. I mean, the last I was call it successful depiction of HBCUs was uh, a different world and um, oh my goodness Spike Lee's deal um, school yeah, days yeah. Uh, school days yeah right but that was what 90s yeah 80s both 80s because I think uh, another thing that happened I, I like had a uh, was on a zoom call with Kitty Hardison and we were talking about it and he like couldn't do something with school days because he was on a different world so it was the same year <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's this is wild to hear." First of all, I am Dwayne Wade. <laughs> like, it's wild. I'm talking to you, yeah, but that's but, awesome. yeah. So I know it was the same year, and and that's you know that's thirty something years ago. Crazy. And there's it, the experience has changed even since we've been there. So I'm like, this is uh, it's a story that's got to got to be told. Well, you, if you need an investor, you know you got ten of them. So hell yeah, and we we, we got to use our own story. Uh, oh, we'll our stories in contact with y'all a lot. <laughs> Some stories don't need to be told. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but even like talking about who we went to school with, and yeah. stuff Like obviously, all of us are important, and we'll keep our names private. But it's like, man, the wild stories we had was like did we see on TV. Man, that's all yeah. I got to say. <laughs> I'm, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, th yeah. Th thanks for taking the time today and and enjoying your turkey burger while you. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, man! This is great. So, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to. So, so if somebody wants to follow you or, or get in touch or something like that. Um, you know, what, what's your what's your handle? How do they they follow you? At Mr. Will Miles on everything. Uh, at Mr. Will Miles Twitter, Instagram, and I have one TikTok video up, but <laughs> nonetheless, I have a TikTok. Nonetheless, I've, you have a TikTok. <laughs> I think I might be supposed to have a TikTok. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, man. I hope that each and every one of you all enjoyed this episode and got got to see the the humility in Hollywood uh, as we, you know, uh, engage and learn more about, you know, the uh, diversity of Morehouse men. And we'll drop some really good nuggets in here. I hope that you all y'all heard in regards to, you know, essentially navigating life expectations and 
and, and, and how to handle uh, disappointment as well. So, again, Will, appreciate you for taking the time and tell your wife thanks yeah. for, for letting you get a little moment away. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it's mostly disappointment, just so everyone knows. But yeah, <laughs> this, uh, this whole career is, is majority disappointment. But <laughs> But the, the, wind, the winds are very fun, so it, it pays off. There <laughs> it is. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you all after a while.